are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vo'era, Tavshin, Pei the last Shabbos of the secular year. We hope you are enjoying a well-deserved rest, but Baruch Hashem, we're able to still spend some time together, Erev Shabbos, learning, learning some Torahs. Let's start with this. You know, I'm a Balkaira, I sometimes read from the Torah, so this struck my eye. There's a Rambam that says in, in the laws of Say for Torah and, uh, and, uh, and, and Tfilin, that if you have a situation where, let's say, the, the Sefer is writing a Sefer Torah, and he has a letter, a two-letter word, S or something like that. So, you shouldn't try to stick it into the end of the line, if there's very little space, rather go back to the beginning of, of the line and write it, and write it there. If you have in the, in the middle of the line, a letter that has 10 letters or less or more and there isn't enough room in order to write this whole big word on on the line. So if you could write half of it, let's say, inside the, the margin and half outside of the margin, then do it. And if not, rather leave the space uh, 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 open and begin on the next on the next line, and uh, the source, of course, is the Gemara in 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 Menachas. The Gemara says that if I'm approaching the end of the vertical margin and I have to write a word that has five letters, so I shouldn't write two within the margin and three outside the margin. It's not nice to have more than two letters outside the margin. Therefore, I should write three within the margin and two outside. But if I finish the line and the next word I have to write is a two-letter word, don't put the two letters outside the margin, even though we just said two letters is okay. Rather write it as the first uh, word of the next of the next line. Now, practically speaking, the, the way to solve these kind of problems is words that don't sort of really fit in, in the line, is planning, obviously, ahead of time, how many words you're going to write in every single line. But if the cipher made a mistake and got to such a, a situation, so the Rambam Paskins, that uh, you if, if there's not going to be enough space, leave the end of the line blank and start, and start again. However... The from don't do that. What they rather do is they'll stretch out the letters of the lost word till they get to the end of the of the line in order to make the same term look beautiful, not have letters out of the uh, out of the margin. And and the the Ramam's not worried <coughs> about this decorative aspect uh, uh, of having letters only in the margin. He's more worried about not stretching letters. Out of, out of shape, says the Rakeach. Now, the Rambam is very difficult. Because the Rambam says, an example, that if he has a word of ten letters, or less, or more. And the question is, where do we find in the Torah 
<coughs> a word that even has 10 letters or more, I'll say 11, 11 letters. The biggest Torah, the biggest word in, in the Torah would seem to be words that have nine letters. For instance, in Parshas Noyach, the word Lamishbechoyseyem, or in, uh, in, uh, Parshas Vayeshev, Laigishme'edim, those are nine letter words. But a ten letter word or more, we don't find. And in, in, uh, in Yeshua, there's a word, Lamishbechoyseyem, which is written with above, and that's a ten letter, letter word. But still, we don't know what he's talking about? Where did he get such a thing as as writing a ten letter letter words? So, the the one answer was said by the very very clever woman uh, Rivka, who was the the daughter of the Bach and and the wife of the Taz. He said, and she said in Megillus Esther, there's a word boachashtapanim, and that is a word of eleven letters. And, uh, and the, the halach that Rambam was talking about applies also to writing a, a letter, uh, uh, writing a Megillah. Because that also has to be written with all the laws of the Sefer Torah. So there we have an 11, 11 letter word. But, the truth is the Rambam is 100% correct. Because there is a 10 letter word in our Parsha. And that solves the problem in the, in the in the plague of frogs, the Torah used the word ube mish which is a ten letter letter word. Just a curious little note. We'll be back in a moment. With lots lots more. This is one one point nine high FM, and the program is soul to soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine high FM. 1.9 Chai FM, Salt to Salt, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vaira, Tafshin, Pei Beis, the very last Shabbos of the secular year, uh, 2021. I hope you're all relaxing and enjoying a beautiful time, a little bit of time off as we get ready to restart in the coming in the coming week. And we're starting an amazing, amazing Parsha. We're talking about this week, the ten plagues, the Esamachas, and there's a Balaturim that says on the Pasuk, I'm going to send forth my hand and smite the Egyptians. With all the wondrous things I'm going to do in their midst, and then they're going to send you away. Says the Balaturim, if you take the words Asher Bikirboy, that I will do in his midst, in him. So the the Asher is is the gematria of the Tzach Adash Bacha, which is the acronym of the ten plagues. That in every Egyptian, those letters were actually inscribed, were written. On every single Egyptian. And he's not the only one that says it. Rabbi Yudah Chassid says the same thing in his Sefer Hagematrius. says, If you take the words, Asher, the Resh, the last letter of the Resh, 
and the shin, the first letter of the samti, and the last letter of the word bum, you get the word rosham, that Hashem actually imprinted on the Egyptians the names of all the plagues. And the Medrash Tehillim says it also, Medrash in Shoch HaToiv, in Kapitel Ein Chesez, says, V'kodosh Yisrael Chotosh Roy Yuhamakas Nishomas Begufein. The, the Makas were actually emblazoned into their, into their, their bodies. And the Medrash Rabbah also in Devorim says, on the Pesach, The signs, the great signs that your eyes saw, V'ha'oisais, and he says that the markers show you they were actually imprinted on the bodies of the uh, of, of 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 their body. Dumb. So there, I can't. He says they were actually written out in uh, in, uh, in in full. Now, why why is that? Why would the names of all the markers need to actually be imprinted on the bodies of the Egyptians? Because the Makas were a plague for the Egyptians and a healing salve for the Jewish nation because the Aseris Makas were a preparation for Matan Torah. And by the Torah Kedesha, we know that the Torah has to be it has to be emblazoned into us, into our, into our very body. Right, as uh, it's uh, we spoke before around uh, around Shavuos, uh, uh, Shavuos time says that uh, the pasuk says, "Im if you'll go in my chukim, and bechukos is a lashon of chakika. Oh, it has to be engraved in us that the Torah needs to be emblazoned on the hearts and minds and body of a Jew. Why? So Rashi says, what's in Bukhukasai Telechu? Shetiyu Amelim Batayra. That we have to put our efforts into studying Torah. And through the fact that we're busy studying Torah, we merit that the actual letters of the Torah get, get emblazoned, get, get uh, entrenched into our very, into our very being. In fact, the Chidah brings in a Sefer Pnei David, on next week's Pasha, says the Chazal say that all Numakas, for one moment, they came to the Jews also, and straight away they were saved. But they needed that one second of exposure to all the Makas, so that they should know how strong these Makas actually were. And that's why it says next week's Pasha, There was this crazy darkness in the entire land of Mitzrayim. And Bechol means everywhere, even for the Jewish nation. But straight away, after a moment, straight away it became light for the for the for the Jews, because you can only recognize and appreciate light if you've had darkness, and only because Klai Yisrael themselves knew the incredible might of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the strength of the Makas that were happening to the Egyptians. So, therefore, in one moment, 
they happened to the Yidden, and then the next moment they were they were gone. And that's how they explained the 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 pasuk. Hashem will remove from you all kinds of sickness. That in the future, the the new kinds of makas are going to come on all the non-Jews. However, first of all, for one moment, they're going to come on the Jews, and then they're going to they're going to be removed. And that's the hasier. Hashem's going to remove. In other words, you're going to have it, and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to re- remove it. And that's by the new plagues that Hashem is promising for the non-Jews for the future Gula. But, All the terrible afflictions, the Apostle carries on, that you knew about that happened into, into, into the Egyptians. Right? Because the, by the Egyptians, you knew the the pain that they that they uh, they suffer how do you know because you suffered it at all so therefore that that's not going to happen to you again because you already know from before what that is so the new Marcus that we've never been exposed to that Hashem is going to give us a teeny inkling of what it is remove it and then put it on all the non-Jews but those any repeats of the Marcus that Hashem already did in Mitzrayim that he's going to visit on the nations of the world those we don't need to be exposed to or we already were exposed we already know very well what those are what those are all all, all about that's uh, what the Chida says so now Perhaps you can explain a pasuk in the Navi Yirmiya in the thirty-second chapter, where it says, "Gedolites of Rava Lilia." Great is Hashem's plan, and 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 tremendous is the the subterfuge almost. Hashem's eyes are open to watch everything human beings doing. To give each person what he deserves, or to the fruit of his own labor. You made all these signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Up till today, over Yisrael, over Adam, and in the Jews, and in everyone else. And you made for yourself a great name in, in, in the world. What does it mean? Uvi Yisrael. Well, Yisrael didn't get, didn't get these makas. So Rashi there, uh, explains, what does it mean, Isis, that the, uh, that the, the, that the plagues that the Jews, ex- that the Egyptians experienced were also meted out on the Jews, it says, as we know, it says by later on, by there was darkness and cloud which lit up the light. In other words, that force, that same force that gave darkness to the Egyptians, gave light to the Jewish to the Jewish nation. That's that's what Rashi what Rashi says. But according to the Chidah, it's not difficult at all because Kaiso, as we just said, did. Get the Marcus for one moment. Right? Now, if, if it says, the post carries on, if you said, You did these, all these signs in Egypt until today, and in Israel, and in Adam. What's Adam? What is that? 
So, so uh, uh, it says he's, he's specifying that all these uh, miracles were in Mitzrayim. What does it mean, Adam? So perhaps the explanation is the Novi wants to say that besides the Makas that came in Eretz Mitzrayim, so the the the, the names of the Makas, as we said, were emblazoned on the body of every single. That's Ba'adam. They were in the person himself. We're going to take a break now. We'll be right back with lots, lots more. This is one one for nine. Chai the program is sold to soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, salt to salt, back on your way. Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vo'era, Tavshin Pei Beis. As we get ready for another amazing, amazing Shabbos. There's a big difficulty at the very end of our Pasha. At the end of by the Maka of Borod, Paros turns into Moshe and Aaron, he says, you know, Hashem atzadik, Hashem is righteous. And I and my nation are wicked. Wow! After all is said and done, it sounds like Paro has done tshuva. He's admitting that Hashem is a tzaddik. So stay tuned for the next few minutes as we develop a theory. And please, God, will try to explain what, how to explain this process again. What was Paro's real, real intention? We know there's a mission of us. According to Rabbi Loza ben Yaakov, says that someone does one mitzvah, he acquires himself proklet echad, or one defense attorney. And if he does an avera, he acquires one prosecutor. Now, not only if he does a mitzvah, but even if a person thinks to do a mitzvah, so that also creates a malach. In fact, it's brought, it's brought down that, uh, we said that machshava toiva, a, a thought to do a mitzvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts that as an action. But if a person, Chasachom, thinks to do something negative but doesn't do it, that doesn't get counted as an action except by the terrible sin of, of, uh, Avaydazara. What's the reason for that, so they explain, because when a person does a mitzvah, we said an angel is created, as we just as we just quoted uh, before. And since once an angel is created, that kedusha uh, always remains and always gives a person an advantage. So that has the tremendous kayach to create a malach even when a person has a good thought. So in other words, so a good thought, HaKadosh Baruch Hu joins that together with a good action. In other words, since the good thought is positive and, and in itself engenders holiness, so Hashem considers it as if He actually already did the action and the malach was created. But if a person has a negative thought, so that doesn't join together with an action. Why? Because a bad thought is from from a bad place. And it doesn't have the kayach to create like the act of the Avera it, uh, it, uh, itself. Now this is very special only for, for Yidin. By a non-Jew, 
even a good thought doesn't necessarily create a, a positive a positive uh, a action because uh, they don't they don't they don't exist on the same way that uh, that we that that we do therefore their thoughts their actions certainly create also tremendous things in in Shemayim, but their thoughts don't have the power to create to create a, a, a malachim and in fact the mashor writes that also the Gemara says that on the way that a person wants to go, so that's the way they let him go. It doesn't say that they that they lead him on that path, but they let him go that way. And that's basically what he says, uh, what's written in various places, that every thought and every speech and every action of a human being, so that creates an angel according to what it is. If it's good, then it's a positive angel, and if not, so then it's not, it's not. So that's it. In the way that a person wants to go, a person has the permission from Hashem, because everything is in the hands of Hashem, we know, except Yirat Shemayim. But it's all up to your desire and your, and, and, and your want. That's where the, the Malachim will, will, uh, will lead him. He can create whatever kinds of angels he wants to create by his actions, positive or, or, or negative. However, even though an angel is created even by a thought to do a mitzvah, however, this isn't yet a complete Malach. In fact, the Aflaw brings down in, in the Sefer Machne, he, he explains the Gemara in Kedushin, the Gemara there says in Dafmem, that a machshav, a mitzvah of a good action, a good thought, is joined together with an action. So he says, every time a person does an act of a mitzvah, so we know that creates a malach. And if he does the mitzvah, uh, 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 with just an action, but, Without any thought process involved, involved, and without any, any, any purity, it just, it's a, it's, it's the, it's an act of a mitzvah, but it's done without much dedication and without much enthusiasm. So then, it creates the body of the angel, but not his neshama. And on the contrary, if a person thought to do a good mitzvah, and for whatever reason, he couldn't do it, so then the neshama of the malach is created, but not the, the body. Obviously we don't understand these things really, but that's, that's what our flaw, that's what our flaw says. Therefore, if a person thinks a good thought to do a mitzvah, Sakharish Baruch who creates a neshama of a malach. And he'll take that neshama and join it with the body of a malach that was created by an act of a mitzvah that was lacking forethought that was lacking concentration. Hashem will make a shidduch between the, the, the neshama of the malach that was created by a good thought and the body of the malach that was created by an action done thoughtlessly without much much concentration. Right? And, uh, and uh, the flaw says this, but uh, if you want a more Hasidish source, so uh, uh, Rav Zusha from Anpoili says 
the same thing, explaining a Gemara in Chulin Davzayin, Bara Pinchas Ben Yoyer, where he explained to Rabbeinu HaKadosh what's the reason why he doesn't want to have any benefit from human beings. Says, Yisrael Kedoshim the, the Jewish nation is entirely holy, right? There's some people who want, his, his language is, Yesh Roit some want but they don't have. Some have, but they don't want. So Toysus asks, I don't understand. If a person has and he doesn't want, so why is it called Kaddish? So he explains that the intention is he doesn't want and nevertheless, nevertheless, he still waits, he invites people to uh, to sit at his table, even though he doesn't want to help other people, he still invites them because he's embarrassed. So he's doing an act of a mitzvah. So, so, so in other words, even he has money, he doesn't really want to share the money, but because he's embarrassed, he has, he has guilt, whatever it is, he, he nevertheless invites, invites, invites people. So he doesn't want to, but he still, he still does. What's difficult is, if the whole reason he's giving is because he uh, he doesn't really want to, he's embarrassed or he feels guilty, so why is that called Kedusha? Why is that called Holy? So Razush explains that in every mitzvah we said is created a Holy Malach. But from the Maisa mitzvah, the act of the mitzvah, is created the body of the Malach. And from the kavana, the thought, the intent, the concentration, that's created the neshama of the malach. So a person who has money, but he doesn't want to give it, but nevertheless, he gives because there's pressure or there's embarrassment, so he has the act of the mitzvah. And therefore, bodies of malachim are created, but there's no kavana, there's no intent. On the other hand, if someone wants to do a mitzvah, he really does, but he doesn't have any money, he can't get stuck, he just doesn't doesn't have. So he has all the kavana of the mitzvah, which then creates the neshama of, of, of the malach, but it's just creating, it's just missing the actual act of, of, of the maizah. So therefore, I could have spoken his great kindness and his great mercy. What he does is, again, he joins together the act of the person who doesn't really want to do the act, but does it anyway, with the machshab of the person who really wants to do it, but, uh, but, but can. And, and from the two together is created a very, very holy, uh, a malach, which has both body and, and soul. That's what it means, Yisrael Kedoshim. In other words, together they are holy. And, and, uh, and he explains that in the situation where you have a person who wants to give stock, let's say, but doesn't have, and his good thoughts create the neshama of the malach, and then there's the person who has, but doesn't really want to give, but gives nevertheless, so that creates the body, and that's one complete, complete malach. Now, uh, Rav Zusha says it, and, and it's actually uh, amplified by his great brother, Abinamelech Meluzinsk, in 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 Noyamelech in actually in Pasha's Matsaira. He talks about learning Torah, and he explains 
the statement of Achazal in, in Psachim, that a person should learn Torah and do mitzvahs, even if he's doing it for the wrong motivation, Shaloy Lishma. Why? Because from doing it Shaloy Lishma, he'll come to Lishma. In other words, Hashem takes the Torah and the mitzvahs that are done for non-actual altruistic reasons, and he he combines it with a tzaddik whose thoughts are completely, completely lishma in order to purify the Torah mitzvahs that were done shalai lishma. So, with that he explains this Gemara in Kedushin, the Machshava Teva Hashem joins together to the Maisa. And really he should have said, Machshava Teva is like a Maisa. No. HaKadosh Baruch Hu joins one person's machshava of the tzaddik, which is Lashma, with the maisa mitzvah of the person who was missing the, the, the machshava. He didn't do it Lashma, and joining together, that creates a, a perfect, a perfect malach. Now, and that's why we say, well, before we do a mitzvah, many have the custom to say, L'shem yichud, B'shem kol yisrael. We say, in the name of all Yisrael, in other words, that every single Jew that fulfilled this mitzvah, even without proper kavanah, never, so nevertheless, he created a malach with a body, without any shama, and now we have kavanah, that by us doing the mitzvah, which is doing, with a, and we're doing it properly and completely with the maisa and with kavanah, we're going to be able to fix up all the messed up mitzvahs of, of Klaiso. Now, Chaim Elohim brings in Nefesh Chaim that he says, Torah is even greater than all the mitzvahs together. Because even if a person keeps all Tariag mitzvahs completely, right, properly, with all their details and all their, all their pitchkifkas, and with purity and with holiness, right? Where there the person is mamish with all his limbs and all his parts of his body and all his energies are, 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 are sublime and, and this, this kedush on every bit of him on all his mitzvahs. Nevertheless, you cannot begin to compare it to the kedusha and the light, uh, uh, that is created by a person who learns the Torah kedusha. Because his, it's the Torah's light, uh, uh, gives off so much light that it's, it's much, 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 it's, it's, it's source in Kedusha is much greater even than all of the, 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 the mitzvahs. It says, Megalto Yumuramto Yalkolomais, and someone who learns Torah, Hashem exalts him over all the other beings and all the other mitzvahs that are possibly, possibly done. Why? Because someone who learns Torah merits that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, sits and learns as his Chavrusa. As in fact, the Tanavelio brings. Every time Chacham that sits and learns and is involved in Torah, Hashem sits with him and his Chavrusa, he learns with him. So therefore, if a person fulfills the mitzvahs, so he creates Malachim. And a Malach that's created by a person, so... So that's obviously, yeah, that Kedusha is great, but it's not as great as the Kedusha of Hashem himself. But someone who learns Torah, 
since HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who sits and learns with him, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, when Hashem learns, so Hashem also creates Malachim of Limud HaTorah. And therefore, they are on a much, much higher level even than the Malachim we create by us, by us doing, doing our, our, our mitzvahs. Right? And, and, and that's why we have a concept of learning the halachas of a yomtuf before the yomtuf, uh, 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 says, as the shame, as the shame Shmuel, uh, 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 tells us that, uh, when we learn the, the, the Torah of a, of a yomtuf, it's a, it's an incredible, incredible, uh, 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 skula that, that the mitzvahs we're then gonna do on that yomtuf once we've learned the Torah are on a much, much higher Higher, higher level. And that's why the Shlach says, when we read Pasha Shkolem, so you should learn the Mishnayis of Mesechah Shkolem. When we read Pasha's Parah, you should learn the Mishnayis of Mesechah's Parah. Uh, uh, when we learn, when we read Pasha Chodesh, you should read the, learn the Psukim, the, the Mishnayis of, of Rosh Hashanah and Psachim, right? Uh, on Pesach and, 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 uh, Beitzah and Chagiga and Moed Kotlin, right? And every single time we should learn the Mesechlis that relate to that time, right? On, on, on Tishba, we should learn Mesechas Tainus. On, uh, on Pesach Sheni, we should learn those Prokim in, 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 uh, in Pesach and that deal. Why? Because that's what the Gemara says. If a person, uh, uh, reads a pasuk in its right time. He brings toivel oilam. He brings something great to the world. So, so by, by learning the mesecta of that yontif, we we add immeasurable kedusha to to the uh, to the yontif. That through the learning of Torah of that mitzvah, which I'm going to now fulfill. So I'm raising the malach not to just the level of a mitzvah malach. I'm raising him to the level of a of a Torah. Of a Torah Malach. So let's put it all together. The Ben Yishchai writes in Ben Yoyada that the letters of Mitzvah are the letters of the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. because Mem Tzadi, the first two letters, if you do Atbash, if you turn them around, so Mem becomes Yud, and Tzadi becomes the Hey. Right, because a person needs to fulfill the mitzvah with such, such a, 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 a shlemus, and there are four parts to every mitzvah. Right, there, there, there is first of all the act of the mitzvah, and there is often a, a speech brachos you have to make, kavana and machshava, which are, are alluded to in the four letters of Hashem's of Hashem's uh, of Hashem's name. And therefore, the letters mitzvah are the le- are letters of yud hey and vav hey, and therefore, since the machshava and the kavana, they, they that no one sees, those are hidden. Therefore, those letters of the yud and the hey, which correspond to them, they are hidden because we write. Uh, mem tzadi, instead of writing yulei, we write mem tzadi, because that's referring to the kavona and the machshava. That no one knows about. That is within, within the, the, the person. So therefore, if someone thought to do a mitzvah, so he, uh, uh, accesses the letters, the yud, 
and the hay of Hashem's name. And the person who fulfills the mitzvah actually without kavana, he fixes up the vav hay in the name of Hashem. Now, Rav Shimshon from Astrobli reveals to us that the Pasuk says, Vayishla, Para Vayikol, Moishalan, Vayomalem, Chotosi Apam, Hashem Atzadik Vaniva Hashem, which we ask, what does it mean? Is, is, is Paro here suddenly doing, uh, doing tshuva? So Shimshon says, no, no, no. Look, look at, look at it. He says, Paro was being incredibly clever in his evilness, in trying to, uh, uh, to throw a wedge, to make a separation in the letters of HaKadosh Baruch, between the letters Yud and He, and the letters Vav and He. He says, Hashem HaTzadik, which is, first letter of Hashem is the Yud, and the second, first letter of HaTzadik is the He. Va'ani ve'ami harshaim. And va'ami harshaim is the Vav and, and the, and the He. So these are the four letters of Hashem's name. But, the letter, the word va'ani separates between the Yud and the He, and then the Vav and the He. So Paro, who we know is the Yetzahara personified, so he wants to separate between those people who fulfill the mitzvahs actually without Kavana, and they therefore access the last two letters of Vav and He, and, 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 uh, sort of drive a wedge between them and those who have kavana in mitzvahs who access the first two letters, the yurane. Because the Yetzirah doesn't want that that union should exist in order that there should be no shlemus in the, in the mitzvahs and no shlemus in, in the, in the malachim and no shlemus in the name of Hashem. And therefore, since we know the word paroi, para is peh, Ra is an evil mouth. He tries to cause people to speak bad about Sadiqim. And through that, that Sadiqim won't have the power to do the mitzvahs properly. And that was his whole attention. Stop. Okay, they'll do my, they'll, let's separate between the Kavanis and the Maisim so that the name of Hashem can never be complete and the Jews will remain mired in, in the Gullus forever. This one, 1.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Halacha Slat. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio air of Shabbos Kodesh Pashas for Eira Tafshin Pei Beis as we get ready for another amazing and beautiful Shabbos as we always do at this time on the show, just to give you the important details that you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, the earliest time for lighting uh, Shabbos Licht this week is at 5.37, 5.37, 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's already, of course, it's still broad daylight, it's still middle of the day, but definitely that already is the time you can start your Shabbos, if you're, certainly if you're away, if you're on, in some holiday resorts, then why wait? You're not going to be dabbling with a minion, so grab Shabbos as soon as it comes to hand and embrace it and run with it as much as you possibly can. The latest time in Johannesburg, and again, we're only giving Johannesburg 
At times, if you happen to be somewhere else down by the coast, Cape Town, please consult your local calendar or local rob or shul and find out what the times are are there. Um, and uh, in Johannesburg, the latest time for benching lift is at 6.45, quarter to 7. Of course, many communities uh, uh, accept the standard Shabbos time as 6.15 when uh, many shuls start. And of course, each per community member goes by his own community as to when they Except Shabbos, but certainly not later than than six forty five, which is the latest possible time for for lighting lighting Shabbos candles. Shkia then is at three minutes past seven, which again as always is your emergency danger time. In, in case a real real uh, a kind of emergency, one could even in certain situations do do what's necessary until that that point. So therefore, if one wants to uh, daven myrev and not have to repeat the, the Krishma, then one would have to wait till about 21 minutes after 7, and then daven, and then you're free to go and really sit down and enjoy a Friday night, a beautiful, beautiful uh, Friday night in, in the wonderful summer environment that uh, we're having all over all over this this uh, this country. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Va'era, and the Haftarah is the normal Haftarah for for Pashas Va'era. This week is Shabbos Mavarchim, Shabbos Mavarchim for for Chodesh Shvat. Rosh Chodesh Bez Hashem will be on Monday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is always just the one one day, so it's going to be uh, a Monday, and then we're into Shvat. You know, Shvat is. Uh, the turning of the, of the of the seasons, we're heading towards, you know, Purim. Well, no, this year we have an, actually an extra Adar. We have two Adars, but still, makes means Purim is two and a half months uh, away still. But yeah, can already start getting excited, anticipating already at this at this point. So Rosh Chodesh is on a Monday, and therefore, of course, we won't we won't do Askaris or or, or say Avrachamim. At, uh, at, at Chakras, and we have a lovely, lovely long Shabbos afternoon. Shabbos Kodesh ends this week at 7.38, this, uh, which is just almost about as late as it, uh, at it, as it, uh, gets. 7.38, and then we go into another beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, a week, uh, of, of learning, of shagging, of many of us going back to, to work, those who were off. Some people never got time off, but Bez Hashem has always been, and it always, of course, depends on the Shabbos. The bracha we get during the week always depends on, on, on how much Kedusha we invest in our, in our, uh, in our Shabbos. We spoke last week about the laning in Shul, an obligation both in the morning and in the afternoon to hear Kriya Satayra. So besides that, our Chazal instituted that every single week we ourselves should go through and read the Pasha, and it's called Shnayim Nikra Ve'echetagim. Of course, the time would have been to speak about it last week. Uh, in fact, the, the, the famous uh, uh, acronym of Ela Shemais B'nei Yisrael. Shemais stands for Shnayim Mikra Ve'echetagim. And we're told all kinds of amazing things that if someone does that, the Gemara Bracha says, 
he gets long uh, days in quantity and in and in uh, in quality. And at the time when the Chazal made this this enactment, many many uh, of the Jews at that time the the lingua franca was Aramaic, and therefore since they used to read the Aramaic translation, which was uh, uh, authored by Unclus, the the convert. So then that that way they understood the the parsha. Obviously, throughout the generations, the Jews in 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 Galut have rolled around to all kinds of interesting places where they spoke all sorts of other languages. And uh, Aramaic today was not a language that is well known to many to many uh, 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 people, and that obviously aroused a, a, a question. Is it possible that in place of the Targum into Aramaic, should one read the Pasha with uh, uh, the translation into a language that is the language of that place? Or perhaps uh, 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 to include the commentary of, of Rashi. So regarding other types of, of, uh, of Tegumim, so most of the Poiskim are of the opinion that they are, are not, uh, 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 equal in the, in their, in their, in their breadth, in, the, in, the, in their level of Kedusha to the Targum of Unclus, which we know was written at the time of the, of the, uh, Tanoim and, and, and its roots from Hasinai itself. And, uh, therefore, any other Targum, one would not fulfill one's uh, uh, obligation. But, as far as Rashi's concerned, so most agree that it's possible to learn Rashi in place of the, the Targum Unclus, because Rashi uh, explains all the difficult things in the Torah, as does the, the Targum Unclus, and perhaps he does it even uh, uh, broadly and more thoroughly even than Unclus does. However, we know there are certain Pesukim that there is no Rashi. Rashi doesn't necessarily comment on every single Pesuk. And those uh, Pesukim, you would still need to read three times, says, says the Mishnah, Mishnah Bura. And therefore, uh, there are some who are, are, are careful to read the entire Pasha twice the Pasuk and with the Unklus and with Perish Rashi because the, the, the benefit of Rashi that he's very, very broad in his, in his commentary and brings, uh, 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 you know, many of the words of Ar Chazal and the, the advantage of Unklus is that it's, we know it is sourced from Hasinai, and therefore certainly, uh, uh, those who understand Torah on, on a very deep level, uh, say that even if someone doesn't understand Aramaic, there's a tremendous benefit in reading still the Targum Unklus. And that's in fact what the Shulchan says in, in, in Reish Behet. What are, what are the time guidelines for reading So it begins from the the earliest time to Davin Mincha on 
Shabbos afternoon, around half an hour after midday on uh, on on Shabbos afternoon, because that's when we begin to read the Pasha of the next of the next week, and it uh, carries on for an entire week until sort of the the that's called lunch or the first the first meal on on Shabbos day. In fact, it, it says about uh, Rabbi Yudah Nasi that he told his sons that they should not sit down to their their first Shabbos day meal before they finish the reading of Shlaimikah ve'echad ve'echad targum. And if you already ate, so then you should try to finish the previous Pasha before before Mincha because then we start reading the process of the of the next, of the next week's Pasha. If you didn't manage to finish the Pasha until Mincha, so then your latest deadline is to finish it by the latest, the end of, of Tuesday. Because we know the first three days of, of the week are connected to the previous, previous Shabbos. And if someone didn't manage to finish the Pasha until then, till Tuesday night, so we give him a smack, and then he should at least try to complete it, uh, 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 and catch up, and have finished the entire Torah by the time the Tzibur finishes the Torah on Simchus Torah. We'll be back with a few closing comments. This is 11.9 Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Salt and Salt, back on the radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Vayera, Tav, Shem, Pei, Beis. We're talking about the mitzvah of Shnayim, Nikra, Ve'echa, Targum, and the different ways of doing it. Some have the minig to do the entire Pasha on a Friday. And, and make a very, very big effort not to make any interruption from the beginning until the end of the, of the, uh, of the, of the Pasha. Some have the minute to read every single day of the week one of the seven aliyot until on Shabbos they finish the entire, the Pasha. And that's brought in the name of the, of the Goyen. The Mishnah Bru brings it down. But nevertheless, uh, anyone who reads sometime during the week the, the entirety of each pastor twice and once the Targum has fulfilled his obligation. The Chatkila, the best way to do it is read the Pasuk twice and then the Targum. According to the uh, Ari, then one reads each Pasuk twice and then the, and then the Targum on that Pasuk. The Shla and, and, and the Goyen also seems to say you read a each parsha twice, parsha being from what we what we'd call a paragraph uh, twice, and then the targum on on uh, on on that whole on that whole uh, 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 paragraph, so to speak. Sometimes a, a, a paragraph can be one pasuk. When we talk about a paragraph, we mean in in the Sefer Torah we have uh, two different types of paragraphs. One where the uh, the writing stops in the middle of the line. The rest of the line is left open and it starts again on the next line. Sometimes with just a gap in the middle of the, of the line. Either way, it's called a parsha. And according to the guy, one reads one of those twice and then, and then the targum. Right? Both Minhagim, says Mishnah Bura, are, are good. 
B'dyevet, the order is not, is not absolutely essential. And if you read the Pasuk once, and then the Targum, and then the Pasuk again, you're also, uh, fulfill your obligation. And even if you read the Pasha out of order, you did the seventh Aliyah before the fifth Aliyah, whatever, read it backwards, you fulfill the obligation. The main thing is that you should read all the Psukim twice, the Pasuk, and one time the, the, the Targum. And similarly, if you are teaching the Pasha, I don't know, to your children or, or, or to a, a group, so again, then uh, you don't need to then do Shnai Mikavah Targum because it's clear because you're teaching it. You you read each pasuk at least twice, and and, uh, and if you if you happen to be teaching Pasha Shashavua to a class or a group, and certainly you're reading each pasuk twice and translating it, then you're off you're off the hook. If you didn't manage. To finish your Shnai Mikra until it comes time for Kriya Satira on, on, on Shabbos. So, as far as Allah is concerned, you're allowed to read to yourself, uh, uh, Shnai Mikra during the time of, of the laning. But, there's some who say that it's, it's, it's not correct to do that, and therefore it's better to read together with the Baal Quietly, and that will count you for you as at least one time having read the the pasha. If you just heard the reading without you actually reading it yourself, then it's a world war. If that's considered that uh, uh, listening to the laning is considered as reading or or uh, or, or not. If you learn the pasha with Rashi, so then. Again, you can either do a whole paragraph and then come back and do uh, 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 the Pasuk with all the Rashi, then you could do that. But again, those Pasukim that don't have uh, a Rashi, then you'd have to read them a third time so that you're actually reading it three three times. And if you want, you could first read the Pasuk twice with Rashi, and at the same, when, when they're reading the Torah, that could be your, your third time since you're reading the whole Pasha together with the, uh, Balkare, that will help you to catch up that third time that you need to read the Pasuk where there's no, where there's no Rashi uh, on it. Women are not obligated to hear the reading of the Torah and therefore are not obligated to do Shnaim Mikavech Targum, but if they do it, they get a tremendous, tremendous reward. That's all the time we have this week. Just going to wish each and every one of you an amazing, amazing Shabbos Kodesh, warm, beautiful, relaxing, inspiring, wherever you might be. To all of our radio family, a very beautiful and warm good Shabbos.